Right now, A-teamers, we are going to be speaking uh, to Mrs. Nicole Schumann-Lowe, who's a founder and managing director at Schumann Law Incorporated. We're talking about the fine line between negligence and poor performance at work. To interact with us, you can get us on WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 or SMS 41391. If you'd like to dial in, you can do so on 011-714-2006. Nicole, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, negligence and poor performance. What is this fine line and how closely do we tread towards it? Well, I think as employers, we often confuse, let's call it fault-based and no-fault-based situations. And that could have far-reaching consequences for both employer and employee. So, in a case where... The employer perceives or sees a poor performance in terms of quality or output of work. We often jump to the conclusion that, as employers, that the employee should know that this is expected and they are being negligent. So there's a very fine line uh, between the two. Negligence implies that you know and you acted in a different way as opposed to what is legally expected of you. Poor work performance, however, is a capacity issue, and you need to ascertain what the reasons for the poor performance would be. So it calls for a conversation, counseling to happen between employer and employee as to what is going on, why are we seeing a variance in your performance? Is there something we can do about it? Perhaps is more training required? Um, Perhaps there's a personal issue that is causing the poor performance output that we see. And conversations need to be had and they need to be recorded properly in order for us to deal with the situation adequately as is required by law. Now, with poor performance, it seems it's one of those that would require a performance review or a sit down with your line manager or supervisor mm. or even the human resources department. So clearly not a, a dismissible offense if you've done it for the first time. Well, I think, you know, practically speaking, I would recommend, and you know, as a, a leader in my own organization and as someone that has chaired many disciplinary hearings in my lifetime more than I actually (laughs) would like to say and um, it's important I think for us to remember that we need to ascertain a couple of things and not assume anything as employers so first and foremost I, I urge you to have an informal discussion if you see an employee isn't performing to your expectation call them in have an informal discussion. Try and ascertain what is the reason. I saw, um, why I heard about it, an incident where a well-performing employee was tasked to proofread certain marketing material, and he did so with flying colors, and one day he just stopped. So his employer approached him and said to him, What is going on? Why am I seeing these glaring errors that reflect so poorly on our department? And the employee said, I'm so glad you asked. I 
proofread best when I'm able to print a document, but the printer has been broken for three weeks and I've logged it with IT and they haven't addressed it. So in that instance, knowing what the issue was and addressing it, addressed the problem of the performance. So sometimes it can be something that you as a manager or employer are completely unaware of, something very practical that can have a very big knock-on effect. Similarly, it could also be that there's a personal circumstance, maybe a death in the family, maybe an illness, maybe maybe something personal. And if you could help address that by maybe saying, please seek medical advice, take a few days off, that could resolve the situation. Or it could simply occur because you've promoted an employee and they performed well in their previous role. Now with the new role, they are struggling. Perhaps more training is needed. So it's important to have that first conversation more as an exploratory exercise to see what is really the root cause, not just the symptom, the root cause of the issue you are dealing with. Then to investigate it, see what you can do, have a follow-up meeting, but importantly, document all of this. And then if it still doesn't improve, you need to start setting metrics, measurables, in other words, making sure the employee knows exactly what is expected. Make sure that they know exactly where to find the procedures or the materials or whatever they need in order to perform this specific function. And once you've done that and it still doesn't improve, then, of course, you call the the employee to a disciplinary hearing. But you need to follow the process first, and it's long and often quite tedious to, to go through the process. And importantly, we need to follow the process exactly, and we need to take advice on it. Do not call the employee to a disciplinary hearing prematurely. Hmm. It seems there's a lot of uh, responsibility hanging on the employer, uh, especially when it comes to uh, performance and uh, poor performance, that is. But what is the responsibility of the employee? Because when the employee is showing poor performance, it hampers on productivity and output for the company. Mm. And obviously that uh, damages the bottom line for the employer. Of course it does. So as an employee, I think first and foremost, it's absolutely critical that when you accept employment and you go through the onboarding process, that you ensure that you know all the processes. If there are manuals, if there are training materials, videos, or whatever the the format may be, make sure that you acquaint yourself with it, or at the very least that you know what exists, so that you know we're not suggesting you need to remember every single page in a photographic sense, but at least know, oh, this process, I recall seeing it somewhere, let me go looking for it. To ensure that when you are onboarded, that you really embrace the process of the training, ask questions, make sure that you acquaint yourself, make sure that you find um, a colleague that you could go to and ask questions, Remember, most new employees go through a probationary period and everyone hears the word probation and they think, oh, it's that that's three months or six months or whatever the case may be where I could potentially just 
have a job one day and then the next day not. Completely untrue. The probationary period is actually, I like to refer to it as a hand-holding period, period where it's okay to ask many questions. It's okay to ensure that you get as much out of the onboarding and the training process as you absolutely need to. And then, of course, when you're up for a promotion and your employer asks you, can you do this? This is what will be expected. Ensure that you ask a lot of questions. Don't assume anything. Ask exactly how your um, performance or the quality of your output is going to be measured. What you could do to improve yourself. What extra materials can you um, read up on? So to take that initiative. And then, of course, if something happens in your personal space, I think it's it's quite a pressing for you to have a transparent relationship with your manager or with HR, depending on the size of the organization, of course, so that you can go there and say, this is happening and this is what I need or this is what I'm going to do. I just want to inform you. Perhaps if you've had a death in the family or if you have a, a relative that you need to care for, you know, I know this is saying that you don't bring your personal affairs to work, but it also goes a long way to ensure not that you're seeking pity, but that you are seeking transparency and understanding, perhaps empathy is the right phrase, in the process. And that would also go a long way to ensure that if there are issues, that we don't have to go through the fact-finding exercise, that we know this is an issue, and we can say, listen, I realize there's a personal issue. How are you doing? What can I do? What can we do? We've done this, but it's clearly not working. How about that? You know, solution-seeking exercise. But it's critical for you to take ownership of your own um, training, your own career development as such. Hey, Tima, um, I don't know if you were even aware that as an employee, you also have a responsibility around improving your performance in the workplace. But obviously, understanding that uh, this thin line between negligence and poor performance needs to be um, identified at all times. And uh, the responsibility on that is for both the employees and employer. Perhaps you found yourself in a position at your workplace where you were just, you know, not in a good space personally. And uh, you ended up not performing well perhaps share that instance uh, or you know with us as a teamers and how your immediate line manager or supervisor uh, took that were they supportive do you find that uh, you know those that we work with are always understanding when we're not able to perform at our peak call in and let us know on 011-714-2006 or whatsapp on 0614-104-107 look i'll tell you my story i mean uh, the last couple of weeks have been very heavy with deaths in my family and a lot of personal issues happening. And the first thing I had to do when I realized that, oh, I'm not really doing well emotionally and this might affect, you know, my output when I come to work, I had to inform Benzito. I had to let him know that, yeah, things are not going well for me. I'm not feeling okay. I'm facing so many things. And uh, straight after that, I had to let our station manager know to say, hey, things are not going well just in case, you know, I fluff on air or I, my energy levels are not okay or I blank out because these things happen. We are human. 
And thank goodness I've got a very supportive team. Ben Zito was understanding. He he gave all the energy he needed to give to make sure that I was okay, kept on checking on me. And I'm grateful that the team that I work with is, is good. But not everyone has that sort of um, a privilege. So I'd really love to hear from you as an A-teamer. Remember, SMSs go to 41391. Nicole, in terms of negligence now, we've looked at poor performance, but negligence, negligence is one of those that, you know, is, is uh, if it's not really outlined, it, it, it's a he said, she said, or expectations that are mm. not correct or not met in the right way. Um, so how do we deal with that? Well, I think once, you know, if if it relates to poor performance, in other words, not meeting expectations, let's move away from the formalities for a minute. It centers around not meeting expectations. Now, if we look at this, the first manifestation of not meeting an expectation is a poor output or an inadequate output, however we want to phrase that, right? And... From an employer's perspective, from a leader's perspective in an organization or a manager's perspective, you would need to find out what the root cause is. And once you've gone through the process of consultation and seeing if perhaps this is the solution and more training and so on, and it's still happening, then we have crossed the line over finding the capacity capacity or identifying where the capacity to do the job is present and what I mean by that is we'll train, we'll support, we'll consult. Once that process has run its course and we still don't see improvement and you are sure, and this is the key point, as employer, you are absolutely sure that the person, the employee, understands exactly what is expected of them. No assumptions, factually, that it's clear and it's still not aligning to your expectations. Then we're dealing with negligence. And and remember, negligence is knowing you should do something and you don't. So there's an element of fault embedded in the very concept. And we see this now in a COVID, almost post-COVID world. I'm being optimistic. I've read about the rumors about an anticipated third wave. And I think it's very, very pressing in the current circumstance where we often find that employees are not following protocols. Now, remember, if we look at all the lockdown regulations and how the regulations have evolved, It started off with employers making sure that the environment is safe. And later on, everyone needs to wear masks. Everyone is co-responsible for ensuring that we follow protocols in the workplace, for example. And of course, at home as well, and when we use transport. But for a moment, let's just focus on the employment side of things. Now, why I'm mentioning this as a critical example is we see that employees fail to fill in the form. Remember, when you enter your workplace, you're supposed to fill in a form every morning, declaring whether you're feeling ill and so forth. Uh, and of course, uh, Nicole, uh, Nicoline, I need to ask you to hold that thought. Can we come mm. back to it after this break? Yes. Excellent. 
Midnight Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are in conversation with uh, Nicolene uh, Skuman Lowe, who's the founder and managing director at Skuman Law Incorporated. And we are talking about the fine line between negligence and a poor performance in the workplace. Now, Nicolene, before the break, you were talking to us about the responsibility that the employee has around uh, negligence. Mm. So, so we were using the COVID protocols as an example, whereby both employer and employee have a responsibility to ensure safety in the workplace from a COVID-19 perspective. And we are seeing that many employees are not doing the simple things such as completing the form when arriving at the workplace, or if they are tasked with taking the temperature of themselves or other colleagues, that these things are not happening. Perhaps it's mask wearing, etc., So the point is we're seeing this from a very real health and safety point of view. And often the response when there is an issue in the workplace is, oh, I didn't know we had to do that. And therefore I didn't. I'm sorry, I'll do it next time. But the point being that perhaps that was a valid defense when these protocols were new to all of us last year this time. But we've all had to enter public spaces and so on. So the point being that in a very real circumstance where training were to have occurred in order to follow these protocols, for you to have your workplace safety plans and so forth for COVID-19, employees are often not performing those adequately. And that is the most prime example that is most relevant to our context that I can think of, where the line has been crossed between, oh goodness, I didn't know, or I didn't think about that today, versus you really should, because if you are ill and you haven't declared it and you've entered the workplace, you've exposed everyone to a potential health hazard. So I think there's a fine line that gets crossed and the key point for a employer is to ensure that expectations are properly communicated. Don't assume that someone knows what you expect. Often they don't. No one can read minds. Make sure that you communicate it absolutely clearly and that you communicate how you measure the quality that you want to see or the output you want to see. I've got a question here from an A-team uh, via WhatsApp in Sutwana, a Dimbaza township in King Williamstown, who says, um, Good evening, Patricia, and your guest. Such a very important topic tonight. I've had a question. When looking and comparing the public sector and private sector, is it more difficult to put an employee that works in the public sector under scrutiny as far as their performance is concerned, as opposed to the private sector employees? If so, why? Well, you know, let's be honest. I think there are some challenges in in the public sector. We, We are all very well aware of those challenges. But at the end of the day, the law doesn't distinguish between its citizens are all equal under the law and therefore these regulations as well as the expectations are are applicable to all of us regardless of whether you are 
serving public office or whether you are employed in the private sector. Mechanisms in larger corporates as well as in the public sector tend to be extremely formalized. And because of the amount of people that are employed, it often it takes longer in many practical instances in, in my own experience um, than it would take in a small SME, for example, with you and 10 other people. It's fairly easy to go through a process because of the, the smaller environment that you are in. But of course, also, it, it depends on management's appetite for dealing with this and dealing with it swiftly and efficiently in order to ensure that productivity remains where it should be. It's a fine balancing act between the interests of the organization and the interests of the employee. And a lot of it centers around the leadership and the management and their appetite to deal with something as swiftly and efficiently and fairly as possible. So I would like to say that it, there's a standard of, of efficiency, but unfortunately it's, it's really up to the leadership in the organization as to how quickly and how efficiently and perhaps even aggressively these things are dealt with. Sure. Uh, it's a very good question that Ngaito uh, posed because, um, like you rightfully said, there are challenges in the public sector. Um, you walk into a public health care facility, you walk into a municipality building, and it's almost like a nonchalant, no one cares, I can fall asleep, I can go on lunch break while there's a queue of people who need my assistance. And this does get frustrating. And and mm. if, if we as consumers or we as clients walk into a, a facility and we see poor performance, do we have, you know, channels that we can follow to report such, whether it is in a private sector or a public sector? And I know that we do it in restaurants, uh, but <laughs> we hardly ever do it anywhere else. Yes. Um, you know, every organization has their own call it complaints process. And from a private sector point of view, my belief is that successful businesses center around serving the customer and the customer is king in the center of it all. Whether you have an accounting firm, a law firm, or a retail shop, if your customer and their needs isn't centered to everything that you do, and that everything really funnels into that very concept, I don't believe you'll have long-term success. And that's my own personal opinion. Public sector, regrettably, um, the wheels turn very slowly, I think, as we've all experienced. Um, renewing your motor vehicle license or your, your personal driver's license being some of the examples just proves the point on how frustrating some of these procedures could be for a customer, each one of us as taxpayers. And yes, they have complaints processes, but regrettably as a, an attorney, I can tell you that often we hear about these structures and our clients tell us that they've complained, but we rarely see anything come of it. And and I'm really, I'm, I regret having to say that out loud. It's um, it's not a not a great space, I think, for any South African to be in. And if we see the media and that some 
consumers of municipal service delivery are having to turn their attention to seeking recourse in our courts in order to force the municipalities to render the services that they are established to to render to all of us. Um, We're not in a good place right now. Mm. So there are mechanisms, but I don't think they are as efficient as they could be. Nicole, I wish we had more time to discuss uh, poor performance uh, versus negligence and the fine line that lies between them. Unfortunately, I need to go to the news, but I'd like you to please give us your contact details on how we can contact you at uh, Schumann Law Incorporated. Thank you so much for having me. Our web address is www.schumannlaw.co.za and I invite all the listeners to have a look. We've got videos, we've got a YouTube channel, got a podcast channel and then a blog for um, containing all sorts of legal updates as they happen, helping to keep you informed of the latest developments that may impact you or your business. Thank you very much, Nicoline. Let me go now to the news with uh, Zolega Kodasha. Good evening, Zolega. Happy Monday.